They're spooky. They're bitches. They're the spooky bitches of Lubbock. And they're coming to YouTube September 2019. Follow the Spooky Six as they navigate the alternative art scene in Lubbock, Texas. If you love Halloween, art, Lubbock, and the things that go bump in the night, follow the Spooky Six on Facebook and Instagram. They're not basic bitches. They're spooky bitches. comics it is night it is literally night so it's fitting i am andrew farmer uh with me as always the jedi cole houston good evening good. Good. are we gonna are we doing it immediately all right just start just, jump, <laughs> just go right in this whole episode is just gonna be gravelly it's gonna be a gravelly <laughs> episode right. um because i think it's best if i don't try to do that the entire show yeah save it punctuation Right, we need to use that for punctuation. Um, but, but yeah, we uh, we are in their second issue of a of a story arc. Um, Cole, what is the story arc that we're doing? This is hit the streets. Hit the and streets. Hit the streets, and we're talking about the street level hero. Yeah, and my favorite of the heroes, my favorite uh, heroes genre, if you will, the the uh, the down and dirty, gritty. Um, you know, walking the beat, protecting their turf, um, you know, turning over trash cans and uh, checking behind cars type of heroes that, you know, I've, I've come to know and love in my, uh, I guess throughout my entire history, really, when you get down to it. Um, but tonight we are talking about, and this is interesting, like the more I thought about this, the more interesting it got. We are talking about heroes that predominantly do their, uh, their deeds um after dark when the sun goes down yeah when the the more nocturnal among the criminals the uh those without a day job the the night owl types when the lights go down in the city and the yeah. sun shines on the bay or i guess the moonshine and what is that lyric i need to look that I, up that is yeah it's kind of contradictory do we need to uh get uh, any kind of billy joel references out of the way now or are they just going to come up throughout the show? I think you, you just never know where the Joel will strike. <laughs> you, you don't. Speaking of speaking of street level heroes. Oh yeah. Uh, okay, real quick. Well, I mean, think about it. The man was in love with an uptown girl. Oh, don't get me started on uptown girl. That song is so gross. Um, <laughs> give me your top five, or give me your if you were to pick a team, real quick, top of the head, four. Uh, uh, let's say late sixties through early eighties or early nineties. Let's even say musicians to form your street level, uh, superhero <laughs> team. Who would it be? Springsteen. Check. Joel. Check. Elton John. <laughs> check. Who I was going to say, you got to have Elton John in there. Prince. Check. I don't even know. Croce. Check. I think you got checked off. Did you get checked off? He's Too walking, soon? He's walking I'm back like to in Georgia. comics, he ain't coming back. Yeah, he's walking back to Georgia. Poor guy. Um, Engelbert Humperdinck. Check, but the villain. He's the yeah. bad guy. Um, uh, yeah, so we're talking about... Engelbert Humperdinck is the kind of bad guy that would, like, brainwash Kiss to turn them to evil. Hey, best best movie I've seen in years was Kiss versus the Phantom of the uh, the Phantom, what was it? The Phantom of the Phantom Park. Phantom of Central Park. Yeah, the Phantom of the Park. Great, great oh, yeah. film. Yeah, the Phantom should have been Engelbert Humperdinck, is all I'm saying there. Well, I'm just, I just think that, you know, he's he's very much a, a already, without any help, a, a, a member of Batman's rogues gallery. <laughs> he's just <laughs> slot him right in there. You're good to go. Yeah, so 
this got I, I thought about this a lot and I want to really before we get into our you know our favorites and, and, and talking about them Cole I wanted to ask you a question and, and that question is why why throughout the history of comics why have comic book creators and you know we'll, we'll talk as we usually do as if they were out there right now why do so many uh, street level heroes gravitate towards the night like why do they work after dark well uh, among other reasons because uh, I was I've been struggling with this and I, I have to kind of fall back on uh, Emilio Lazardo or uh, uh, John Warfin uh, when he says character is what you are in the dark okay I, I, yeah, I'm with that. Uh, but in all seriousness, I think that, you know, if anybody is their leader, uh, it's, it's going to be the bat. Um, but you know, Batman, Bruce Wayne recognizes that more crime is done under the cover of darkness because you can't put on like a really brightly colored costume and not be seen knocking over a jewelry store during the day. Okay. You know, you can't dress up like the Raisin Brand son and, and nobody's going to see you because you're blending in. Sure. And even urban camouflage isn't really camouflage. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's that's good. I like that. Right? I I think I think that absolutely makes a point. There's something really interesting about Batman where um I think it's more psychological. And I want to talk about that later, too, than, like, legitimate. Because when you're Batman, you don't have to just... When you're rich and you're Batman, right? You don't have to just fight crime well, at I, night. I think the, the the one is the prerequisite for the other. You no, know, it is. It I is. mean, it's like that t-shirt says, no no poor Batmans. No poor... But what I, I guess what I'm getting at is, later on, much much more recently... Batman brought in a super a superhero Robin type character. By the his name is Duke. He's been around for a couple three four years now. But um, he was he became known as the Signal, and the Signal was hired on specifically to be the Batman of the daytime. And I'm like, Batman, you could be the Batman of the daytime. You don't really have a job. Just call me Batman of the morning, <laughs> there a, baby. There needs to be a morning Batman. There needs to be yeah, a, yeah. a brunch man, and then yeah. uh, a, a brunch a, man dinner, a dinner man, and First then half meal, and then fourth meal Batman. Yeah, for sure. He's like, he's like first and a half meal. It's brunch Batman. First and a half meal, mimosa meal, mimosa meal. But but yeah, like mimosa mobile. To the Mimosa Mobile. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Well done. Damn it. Now I can't stop thinking. Do you think Jason Momoa has a Mimosa Mobile? He has a Momoa Mobile. <laughs> Did you just see a ghost? <laughs> Scooby Doo style? Did you just see a ghost? <laughs> you went, mo, 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 mo. Oh, it's a mo, 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 mobile scoop. <laughs> Damn it! I am slap happy as hell. Um, how does Batman fight crime all night long? It's only like nine o'clock, and I'm exhausted. Um, but I think there's another point. I think you're right. You know, it follows the crime. Not a lot of crime is happening in, in the stark light of day. I mean, sure, some of it. Let Spider-Man handle that shit. But a lot of the crime is happening in the in you know under the cover of night, so you've got to match. But at, so at what point does that become a self-fulfilling prophecy? Oh, exactly. Uh, but also, though, it it's just it's just good business, really. If you think about it, if you're gonna go out and fight criminals, you know, fight them on their own turf. There, there's just you're gonna get more collars. Sure. sure. Essentially, I, I don't know if there's a point system, but I, I bet there is. There's, there has there to be. Otherwise, why? There, there's at least a pool somewhere. Yeah. Like at the bar. What's the um? Like Bibbo's. Uh... Yes, exactly. Like Bibbo's. I was gonna say the bar. What do they call it? The bar, the nowhere bar, where all the mystical oh, heroes yeah. hang out. Like surely there's like a bar where all the uh, street level heroes hang out. Um, I also think, falling back on our conversation 
last time. There's a part of this for me that is, you know, superhero worship and projection. If I'm reading about a superhero that fights crime during the day, you know, or during the night, like a vigilante, I'm going to be more drawn to that hero because I'm not Bruce Wayne. I have to get up and work a nine to five. Why wouldn't you want your hero to have to, to fall in line with that ideal? Exactly. You, you know, you, you need the, 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 I work at the, you know, daily planet from, you know, for eight hours, I get to come home and maybe have a hot pocket putting on a costume and grabbing my gym bag. And then I'm out the door, you know, to bust up a heroin ring. That's much more in, in alignment with what somebody who's reading the comics life is then, you know, then being the Bruce Wayne and, and not having to fight crime at night. And it's just a part of your weird psychosis. Except guys like, you know, they're, they're checking out a Batman while they're on the red eye. That's true. That's true. But they're on a plane. What are they going to do? Fight plane? Pl- fight plane crime? <laughs> or, pl- plane crime. Well, it's it's like, you know, it, it must be very irksome uh, to have, uh, you know, like, say, for Bruce Wayne, especially if he's on a plane and he's getting word that there's some bad crime going on. And then there's that struggle with, do I push the JLA button so someone will come get me? Um, right. You know, is, is that bordering on the selfish? I mean, at this point especially, there's 19 other bat folks out there that can take yeah. slack. Well, at one point, I don't know how closely you followed Batman in terms of, um, like, in the, la- in the most recent years, let's say in the past five years. But at one point, Batman literally kind of has a recruitment drive and recruits yes. and recruits like seven or eight new Robins. Like what? Yeah, I he- noticed that the, a lot of the imagery when I was uh, looking up some flavor art, the sheer volume of Robin images, and there's like you know Hoodie Robin and uh, Fiesta Robin, and it's just. The surfeit of Robins there, I was not aware of. Like his little orphan ninja army, and he's Daddy Warbucks over here. Yeah. Like, you need to, there's something coming, and I need to arm myself with body armor made of children so that I can survive the next wave of whatever this nasty thing that's coming is. All right, Bruce. <laughs> Fucking psycho. Um, but yeah, I, I thought there is another, um, area or aspect of this that I did want to talk about. And I think it's pretty easy to draw a line um, for this one, but I do think it bears mentioning. And that is that the majority of your 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 nighttime crime-fighting exploits happen in one of two places, depending on whether you're Marvel or DC. <laughs> it's either New York or Gotham City. Not yeah. a lot of night fighting going on in L.A. Um, now, that being said, a few of my favorites have fought night crime in L.A., but not not in any kind of, you know, serious capacity. They always end up back in New York. Um, but is that just a function of the perceived kind of biome of those places, you know? Because in a lot of ways, Gotham was based on New York, at least in ethos, you know? Oh, yes, absolutely. And I think they're, they're both meant to be like, you know, the, they're, they're both very famous cities in their own universes. And essentially, uh, they're, you know, well-known tourist type attraction places, but they've got a dark underbelly. And you have, I think, as we talked about in the prior issue, you have a certain love of the, your city. You you have a, a particular fondness and uh, an affinity for your city, and it to you cannot no longer sit back and allow crime to rule the night. Right. You, it's your block. That's your that's that's your home. And much like you know, I think famously Luke Cage, who is a daytime crime fighter. So not going to come up a lot. He he can he walks around freely night or day, uh, just taking bullets in the chest. Um, but 
I think you're absolutely right about that. I think you're right about that. You know, it's, it's, there's, there was a, when a lot of the, I want to do the math and actually line up the calendars and see if, you know, if the Mayan calendar tells me the same thing that the, that the Roman calendar is telling. <laughs> but about the time that kind of that, the dark age of comics, the gritty, you know, the gritty dark age of comics was roughly around the same time that New York was perceived to be at its worst. Um, and I think there's a lot to be, I think there's a line to be drawn between those two things where, it, you know, your street crime was just ostentatious during those periods. And I think there was a lot of, you know, in, in a perfect world, in a perfect comic book world, we'd have seven or eight vigilantes out there, superpowered or not, putting an end to this so I could feel safe on my own streets. I'm going to read a comic written by that, not to mention the fact that I'll, during that time period, the mass majority of comic book creators lived in New York City because you still weren't emailing PDFs back and forth. Yeah, that's true. It just was easier that way. So I think that speaks a lot to it as well. What are your thoughts on this, man? I know you got some stuff kicking around in that brain of yours. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that ultimately the the night hero becomes one of the most prevalent. Um, Especially, let's go back to the first big success. And that is, of course, uh, the aforementioned Yellow Kid. (laughs) We're going to keep this Yellow Kid joke going. (laughs) That's right. Four more episodes of this show. (laughs) Well, you you got three, two down, three to go. That's right. So, no, but you've got the Superman. And the Superman comes out of nowhere and it creates a phenomenon, a sensation, and suddenly DC or American Periodicals Publications, for those who are pedantic, they're they're looking for the next big Superman without you know having another Superman. Those creeps at Fawcett did that, but what they need is, or what Bob Kane delivers ultimately, perhaps not entirely consciously, is the counterpoint that remains to this day. Superman literally is the day Batman. Sure. I mean, the, the two pass each other. You know, they clock out at the tree just like Wiley e. Coyote and that dog. <laughs> and, you know, this... You need the, the character who is atten- attuned to his environment, to this his city... And is right there in the thick of it, uh, just smacking some, you know, jaws around and, and meeting out a brand of justice that, with punishments that fit the crime almost. Sure, sure. Um, and I think that the perception is that the, the crime at night is going to be much more violent and it needs a different level. Plus, you're allowed to work in the shadow. I look at I look at your daytime heroes as and and I include in a lot of respects I include Spider-Man in this, right? Spider-Man did a lot of night stuff, but he was equal opportunity. When when crime would strike, Spider-Man would go out and fight that crime. Um but he didn't have a he didn't have a 12-hour shift like Batman, who apparently his villains only would come out at night. <laughs> yeah. You know, Spider-Man, he, you know, every once in a while Doc Ock would do something in a lab, you know, at 10 a.m. Spider-Man's got to be there. You know, he exactly. doesn't have the, he doesn't have the option of just waiting till the sun goes down and go, now I'm Batman, and then go out and do something about it. No, that's, the stuff was happening. Like, everybody clocks in in Gotham at like 8 o'clock. Oh yeah, in fact, most of Gotham City doesn't even open. They, they like roll up the sidewalks at 6 a.m. Right. Well, I mean, all those criminals. I mean, like, Everything's a Denny's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, where, where do I find a bodega at this hour? It's noon, for God's sake. And like, no, we don't open for another 10 hours. Yeah. It, in Gotham, everything's a Denny's. That's just the way it is. Um, no, but there was, you know, before we get into uh, the fun part of the show, um, the part we're all looking forward to. Well, and, and the other point is this, like... And to, 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 to wrap up that point about, you know, the perceived nature of a New York or a, a Gotham versus anywhere else, 
Um, look no further, and I'm going to do this, Cole. So I, I hope your 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 seat is a, your your seat back is in the upright position. <laughs> uh, you you don't see Rorschach talking about Des Moines. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure, there's crime elsewhere, but nobody is stepping up. R- well, you know? nobody. You don't see like the the farm hand. Uh, instead of the night thrasher, it's the wheat thrasher. Um, you, <laughs> you know, Rorschach isn't saying that he looked up at the silo, and they're all gonna look up at him while you know from the ground, and they're gonna ask him for help, and he's gonna say, "Nope, that's yep. not what's happening." So, like, no, no help for you. No help for you down there. It's warm ah. today. Yeah. You're yeah. a bad guy, and I'm a good guy. Pet and that's cemetery. Yes, yeah. There's, there's no tolerance for bad guys in the Bible. <laughs> um, I've got a Muggerville seven pitch. All right. All right. He's a kung fu farmhand, um, from West Virginia, um, and his name is Rust Belt. And, uh, so instead, he earned a degree above Black Belt, and that is the Rust Belt. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's my, that's my pitch. Uh, I like that. Yeah, that's just, we'll, we'll work out the, the finer points on that. Yeah, he's, he's a droid. He's from Detroit. He's Rust Belt! He's Rust Belt. Uh, so here's the thing that I have to say. The fight, my final soapbox on, Heroes that fight crime at night, predominantly at night, almost exclusively at night. They almost always have just have they're off. There's always something a little off about them. They always write them um, with some kind of weird psychosis, something along those lines. You don't get the you don't get to be Superman or even you know Wonder Woman or the Green Lantern or the Flash when you fight crime predominantly at night. You get to be Batman or Moon Knight or the Punisher or um, a few other luminaries that I really hope we get to talk about, like uh, the Creeper um, or uh, even Daredevil. You know, there's just something a little off emotionally or, or, or with their mental stability. I guess that speaks to, you know, uh, putting on a mask in the middle of the night and punching somebody in the face repeatedly. Yeah, exactly. I just that that occurred to me as well. Just, <laughs> just like every one of these guys I'm researching, and every time I think of one, just they're off. There's just something slightly off about them. Well, I think that that's also a prerequisite in a way because you you kind of have to be a little off kilter, uh, just to don the mask and, and the cape or the cowl or whatever your idiom. Um, you have to be able to give yourself over. Yeah, it's a fine line between duty and obsession, I guess. Right? And duty, duty's a daytime word. Obsession is a nighttime word. Yes, that's true. Uh, all right, all right. What do you got, Cole? Hit me with it. I want to okay. hear it. Well, I I want to talk about one of the more curious night creatures. Sure. And a personal favorite. You're, you know, this is very much in your wheelhouse. Uh, where Batman can rightly claim he's the knight, uh, I'm talking about the tidy whitey of the night, one Moon Knight. I love Moon Knight. You know I love Moon Knight. I know you do, and I I don't want to impugn the Moon Knight, but that's just a little bit shy of, of just lighting that sucker up with Christmas tree oh, lights. He's but the but but where Batman is trying to blend in with the night. Moon Knight's trying to stand out. He's making himself... He's insane. And I. this is why I wish, I really hope, that they do a really good... Because the rumors are... Every year, right after San Diego Comic-Con, it's happened for the past four years in a row. The rumors... The rumor mill gins up about a Moon Knight movie. Yeah. Every single year. Um, the rumors, after the, after the release of, of Shang-Chi, the the news the rumor mill started up with a little more veracity i think than they have in the past which was more fan service than anything but i yeah. think i think more now there's a better shot of it happening 
Um, because there's some actual Hollywood people that, you know, from the Marvel side that I think really want to make the movie. Oh, yes. And I think, I think it's a great descent into madness tale. And, mm-hmm. and that's it. If Batman is about duty and, you know, a, a blood debt to his family to stop crime in Gotham, then, Moon Knight is almost the opposite of that, where it's uh, almost a uh, it's a religion it it it's a religious right to him. He wears a white suit. He makes himself a target. He wants you to know he's coming because he's insane, legitimately, pathologically yeah. diagnosed insane, which I think would make a really interesting movie. What's in his head? What isn't in his head? What's real, what isn't real, I think that would be a really cool-ass movie, to, a story to tell. But, mm-hmm. yes, continue. Sorry, Moon Knight. You, you, can't, oh, no, you that's know quite you can't right. say it and then expect it not to happen. <laughs> no, I, I really fully expected this would be uh, something you would latch on to wholeheartedly because uh, it's just I'm, – I'm, familiarity with Moon Knight is sketchy at best. Ah, don't sell yourself short. You know all I mean, of I, the alter egos as well yeah, as I his manservant. Yeah, I know he's got the the different, uh, you know, the, the various uh, personalities that come out, and uh, I know that uh, isn't one of them like a mercenary, and yeah, yeah, and doesn't that ever play havoc? Where you know, oh, sorry, uh, other me, I've I booked a gig, I've got to be in you know Botswana. It does. No, it one hundred percent. A lot of times, they at least on sub subconscious level work together. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some symbiosis, but there are so plenty... they, they have like a three-way diary that they can like double check. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm booked solid fighting crime that month. Yeah, they have a whiteboard, like a Memento <laughs> style. Like <laughs> they write it on the thing. Don't forget, you need to get milk, and you're supposed to be um, stopping uh, stopping Black Hawk down from happening in the Sudan <laughs> this week. Also, uh, you have. 25 scheduled fares because another one of your personalities is a taxi driver and <laughs> and your French you should just switch over to an Uber because it's much more flexible it's from what I understand yeah you can just fight crime right there and then pick up a fare and go like for sure no Moon Knight deserves all the recognition I'll never not talk about Moon Knight <laughs> ever great character just and and uh, weird in that sense that they could never quite figure out the story that he, he needed to tell. Because you're right, he started off as a predominantly Batman ripoff character, rich, um, beyond his means. Yeah. Uh, all the toys in the world had a, um, you know, foreign, uh, but acceptably foreign for the time period, Butler. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was French where Alfred was English. Both of them had fought in, in various wars and could handle themselves. Um, had a, uh, had a crescent or, um, bat shape, whatever his symbol was, everything was based on that thing. Uh, yeah, you know, he, he was definitely, but then they just lost the thread and gave him all kinds of superpowers and made him like, what was it? An eternal? Did they try to make him? Oh, yeah, I think so. Was it an Eternal, or was it a... I'm trying to remember what they tried to make him for a while, and then they tried to kill him by giving him a disease, and then they brought him... It was just... It's like a... It was a whole damn... They could never <laughs> quite figure out what to do with that character. Um, you know, later, now... Now they're actually telling the stories that we want to we wanna see. You know, how much how much of... His Egyptian lineage is his psychosis and how much of it is real and, you know, how many personalities does he? It's almost like a Legion thing where, you know, it's like incense and peppermints, trippy shit. But, you know, there for a while, they just couldn't figure it out. Oh, exactly. And I think that was that period where Marvel was just like, you know, this is the uh, in the corridor of Mohawk Storm and uh, the end of. Uh, master of kung fu because the creators refused to make him a ninja because that was the hot thing at the time it's like oh well it's like you know in the flintstones where everything's a rock everybody was a damn ninja <laughs> that's funny
funny, but you're, yes, you are correct. You are 100% right. Oh, man. Moon Knight. Poor son of a bitch. You poor son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> uh, there are some interesting uh, characters out there. Um, on top of, uh, you know, Batman and, and Batman clones and Batman's clone army that he's built <laughs> based in his image. Um, you know, he's like the Roy Batty of superheroes. Uh, R.I.P. Rucker Hauer. This one goes out to you, homie. Um, like I said before, uh, really interesting Gotham night heroes. Uh, a couple that jumped to mind when I was researching and thinking about this. One being the Creeper, who's one of my favorite characters in all of in all of comicdom, just because he's so weird. Yeah, the Creeper's a just crazy. Yeah, it's a weird ass character. Uh, was, was it Rick Ryder? No, it's Jack Ryder, right? No. Damn it. What's his, what's his name? Cause he was a, uh. I think it's Jack Ryder. That sounds right. Was it Jack? Yes, it is Jack. Woohoo. It's Jack Ryder, yeah. I'm the winner. Um, no, Jack, uh, Jack Ryder was a, um, wasn't he a reporter at one point? I think he was. That also rings familiar. And then for some reason he got like a big feather moa and, uh, turned yellow. Well, he so he was like he like goes crazy, becomes jaundiced, and um, runs around in a green striped speedo and a, a big, uh, you know, uh, Broadway moa. Well, what's interesting, uh, so so the history of of the creeper works like this. He is um, he he's <laughs> goes undercover. As a talk, he's a talk show host that goes undercover. And this is his origin. Yeah. To uh, into um into a gangsters or a mobsters party to you know get an undercover story about um they they're holding somebody hostage, right? I don't yeah. remember exactly who it is. Um, he uh gets in order to not get caught. It's a masquerade party. He throws on some yellow tights and a green wig. <laughs> And these like speedos and puts on the full creeper costume in order to not get caught. At, at that point, something happens in true Gotham style <laughs> where he gets injected with like a super serum that, um, that, uh, well, part, I guess two separate things. One of them is a super serum that gives him like special abilities, heightened, you know, heightened dexterity, heightened strength all of the things that you get whenever anybody gives you a super serum and also a thing that basically make is like the flash's ring, but for his yes. costume. Well, so, there kind of, wasn't there like a touch point or something where it was sort of like, you know, he kind of like touch a certain yes place on his rib cage or something like and all, that. And all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> and now he's the yeah. creeper. But, but he ran around with that creepy for, for apropos of nothing. It was that creepy laugh. For yeah. no reason. Like, what is that apropos of? They just, the problem is they had an idea for a character and then they shoehorned in a, an origin on top of it. Like, I, I think they really were struggling to find some way to make that viable. I mean, how, where do you go with this? <laughs> I mean, it's the creeper. Yeah. Okay. So, so we got to make him creepy, right? So, yeah. what, yellow skin, a green wig. Like a like a Craven the Hunter style mink stole back piece. Yes. <laughs> like yeah yeah that'll all work that'll all work yeah let's do that. Um, another one that comes to mind as far as like really interesting Gotham street level heroes that you don't think about a lot in my mind is um, Ragman. Ah, oh, the tattered million of justice. Ragman, the replacement for the Golem. Um, Ragman, um, a really interesting character in and of himself who I don't think gets enough play. Like, I think that's a cool ass character. Bring him back, make him a member of Batman's team, you know, put him in there, put him in the game. He's been, he's been sidelined. He comes off the bench every once in a while to do some shit and then they sideline him, sideline him again. Absolutely. Just a cool character, you know, uh, based in, based in, 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 uh, Judaism rad 
rad powers. Like, uh, I took your soul and now you're part of my, you know, exactly rags. Like, oh, that's cool. Like, I'm into that. <coughs> um, it's not like you have a choice at that point. Right. Um, and that shouldn't be a turnoff for anybody because this is, these are the same, you know, these are the same towns where people like Cloak, Dagger, and uh, Ghost Rider hang out. Another um, weirdly street-level character, Ghost Rider, because <laughs> you wouldn't expect that, but there he is on a motorcycle. I was actually uh, considering uh, kind of folding Ghost Rider into that, because he is. He's sort of grounded, or he can also drive up walls like Spider-Man with his spider buggy. Uh, but he's, he's still kind of that street-level hero. He doesn't, like, he can't find himself the other end of the continent at will. Right. Right. It's it's more like, you know, how fast can you go on your motorcycle? I got a motorcycle. <laughs> All right, what do you got? What's what's one you're into? Oh, wow. Uh, well, I think we talked about, um, or you had mentioned uh, Cloak and Dagger, which is a really uh, good choice for a street-level hero because they kind of fell into the superhero game. But there was one character, I think, that, at first, it didn't occur to me, and I realized, no, this is very much a street level here, and that's Puck from Alpha Flight. Oh, shit. Yeah, Puck's a good one. And because he, and there was even a standalone story early into Alpha Flight where Puck got to really show that kind of what he's made of and, you know, how he, uh, his career as a boxer, um, you know, led to the, his superhero, his amazing prowess and everything. Puck's interesting in the sense that every superhero team has a street-level brawler, sort of, in their midst. And another one I think is a... a, When I I was researching, I thought, well, I hadn't thought about this. A really great street-level hero, Gargoyle from the Defenders. Damn! I mean, he's the mayor of a town. He's like the Jean Valjean of... (laughs) <laughs> a superhero. Also, he's literally a part of the street sometimes, right? That is true. I, I, as long as there's like a a really old orangey building mm. about. Uh, Spider-Woman, the original incarnation of Spider-Woman. Jessica Drew was very much... Oh, yeah. And speaking of Jessica, Jessica Jones as well. Uh, and then you've got your... Uh, Colleen Wing and uh, Misty Knight of Nightwing Restorations. Right. Who are, you know, out there hitting the mean streets uh, in a kind of, you know, Quentin Tarantino love letter to... Uh, Not enough feet. Cleopatra gonna, Jones kind of thing. Going to need more feet. Yeah. If it's going to be a Tarantino thing, you take him shoes off, ladies. You're going to need feet. Ant-Man. He's a weirdo. Ant-Man. All right. All right, I'll give you Ant Man. I'll give you Ant Man. I'll give you that. I think he really is because you know he he basically went up against a gangster to save his daughter, right? And then found out you know he liked the cut of his own jib and uh, it's a, a, a nice little suit there, and it gets littler. <laughs> because that's really what set Ant Man apart. I, I guess the later Ant Man, not the original Hank Pym, because. The original Ant-Man was part of the Avengers from the outset and remained in many incarnations uh, from, uh, you know, uh, Giant Man to Yellow Jacket to uh, Alabama Wife Beater to... Well, yeah, to a weird jumpsuit full <laughs> yeah. of pockets full of stuff that he could grow. Bomber was, Jacket. It was very much a, a street-level hero. And I think if you look at... It's going to happen eventually on this show, Watchmen. Oh, yeah. You've got a whole slew. Oh, yeah. Most of the characters, or at least begin their life, and if you especially look back at their uh, precursors, the Minutemen, very much street-level heroes. Well, I don't think they ever weren't. The only one that wasn't was Manhattan. And I think that, you know, the, the, inter- the one of the interesting things that you always do with a street-level hero is take him out of his element, which is where it got really interesting, you know, when they went to wh- wh- Antarctica. God, I can't remember. You'll know. where When they went after 
uh, Ozymandias. When they oh, yeah, they go, like, yeah, when they went down to Antarctica to, um, Xanadu, not Xanadu, um, damn it, um, where the hell did Egyptian name that goddamn place has? Yeah, wh- wherever he shacked up with his weird genetically built cats. Uh, which, by the way, now that we have, you know, a new TV show coming out on HBO, which I'm sure that, you know, Cole's gonna say, thanks, I hate it. Um, which is fine, because, you know, uh, we keep proving Alan more right. Let's not do that anymore. Um, I want my Babastus big ass, uh, six and three quarter action figure. That's what I want. Um, speaking of Alan Moore and never getting it right, I don't think we can leave this show with a good conscience without saying the letter V. Oh, very good. Yeah. Yeah, that you want to talk about a real, honest to God telling of a street level hero? Look no further than V from V from Vendetta. Yes, indeed. Very much, you know, a, a the definition, the 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 sheer definition of street level hero. And Cole, I'm surprised you haven't mentioned one of your favorites that came to be one of my favorites on your recommendation. Ah. Do you do you have any inkling of who I, I think say? I might know because of the nature of the street level hero and their connection to their city. Yes. One uh, Jack Knight, aka Starman. Oh yeah, which is is you have turned me, you've turned me like so many vampires, like so many Stephen Dorfs in the first Blade movie. You have turned me from my initial fight with you. Or fighting you over <laughs> street street level heroes shouldn't we shouldn't be talking about ones with actual powers because yeah. you know the pure definition if you haven't read the brilliant the brilliant James Robinson Starman um, which was released I believe it was released was it released under Vertigo or was it released just under DC as a maxi I think it was Vertigo it was one of the early Vertigo imprint okay. Um, it is the de- it is the 100% definition of a street level hero in almost every aspect where he has a father that he eschews the cosmic nature of that level of crime fighting to really kind of hunker down in his hometown of Opal City. Opal City? Opal City. Opal City? Opal City, yes. Okay. Yes, you know, runs a local business. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's struggling, you know, to keep his business going and keeping it stocked. And as a, uh, a how does one put it, acquirer of rare antiquities. I need to go back and read that again. It was, and I just read it recently. It was. Yeah, it was I used enough. to read that about once a year. I, I read Watchmen. I used to read Watchmen about twice a year, and I haven't done either in a long time. It was good enough for me to go back and read again. It's a, it's a great, great book. Um, I have a weird one for you. By definition, how do you feel about um, this? Is going to be contentious, so I hope. All right, okay. We we need to. How do you? If the definition of a street level hero, right, is somebody who works predominantly, especially especially in this episode, somebody who works predominantly at night, somebody who kind of defends the block, you know, somebody, you know, everything we've defined. Where do you stand on Swamp Thing? Oddly enough, get out of my mind. I, <laughs> I can't. We've been doing this I for had 10 years, Cole. Swamp Thing crossing my brain. Um, because I think there's a, a, a street-level hero. It's sort of like hero elevated. You have your street-level heroes, and then they get elevated to a new plateau. Right. During the course of their career. So... By way of example, Captain America starts out as kind of a street-level hero in a way. Um, like, you know, the streets of Berlin as you're <laughs> – or Paris as you're liberating it, you know, but still. I mean, he he's – you know, we, we talked about how New York that guy is, how coming back after 60-odd years not being able to find a good chicken fried steak, you know, knowing the block, knowing the yeah. people on the block – you know, and, and plenty of his solo work was done at street level, busting mm-hmm. up, busting up, you know, drug labs and yeah, he know. and the Falcon would go mm-hmm. and you know pool their resources and and you know yeah take the fight to the streets. So you know, 
there are those who skirt both fraternities. You know, they they kind of belong on both sides of the argument. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think Swamp Thing, oddly enough, sits pretty well into that category. I think until Alan Moore. Yeah. He is capable of (laughs) being a street-level hero. And then you've got uh, characters like uh, Black Canary. Oh, yeah, you got all the birds of prey. Yeah, exactly. Huntress, Black Canary. Um, I'm trying to think of the rest of that crew. I mean, at this point, for better or worse, you include Harley Quinn in that group. Um, you know, all of those are, are you know, um, Oracle. Um, you know, granted, you know, either side of that coin, no, you know, no pun intended, whether it's Batgirl or Oracle, you know, Barbara Gordon is the kind of a linchpin street level hero. Oh, absolutely. Yes. So I got one for you, Cole. And, and you know, the Birds of Prey is a good point in the context of, you know, the, this ruling the night or, or oh, yeah. taking back taking back the night because they certainly did a lot of their work by night as well. Well, and there's a whole subset of civil uh, civil servants that by night fight crime, whether it's a manhunter or um, or daredevil or you know um, I think even the vigilante at one point was a prosecutor that became a you know that, that wasn't he didn't feel that he felt failed. Oh yeah, he was DA uh, of. I don't think it was Gotham. I think it was San Francisco where the Titans were. Yeah. So here's one that uh, we haven't talked about. And this show is getting a little long in the tooth, so we should start thinking about wrapping it up. There's a, there is a group of uh, crime-fighting individuals, four in total, that fight crime almost predominantly at night um, because they can't show their face during the day. They uh, happen to live in a sewer, and if Eddie were here, he'd already be all over this. I was heading there myself at one point. We were <laughs> we kept having some divergent. Uh... We're having a synergy tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We're having a synergy. That would be the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, literally can't come out during the day because they're talking turtles. They are reptile men. They're horrifying. <laughs> so, what were you going to say about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Cole? No, I think that they epitomize the idea of the street level hero because they, in fact, live below street level. <laughs> They're the sub street level heroes. But also, you know, your Casey Joneses and those guys in that crew too. So, oh, that's true. Hit me with hit me with a round of your of your final night dwelling street-level heroes here. I really, I have a fondness for the ever-growing Bat family. Sure. Especially the kind of middle period where you already had Robin and uh, Nightwing and Batgirl, and and then you start to see things like Batwoman and Batwing, and uh, uh, who am I thinking of here? Spoiler comes into yep. the mix. Yep. And you, uh, you, you start to get uh, a lot more... Uh, just sort of an army of the night at that point. Oh, they're great. Um, you know, the bat, it, it harkens to, you know, the, the extension of that, which is one of my favorite bat stories ever, which is, um, Batman Incorporated, Grant Morrison. And, um, you know, we start looking at Knight and Squire. Nobody said what street. Nobody said whether it was Tafalgar Square. Oh, yeah. Or Central Park. Um, People like, um, oh, God damn it, Cole, your favorite one. Um, oh, um, God. You know who I'm trying to say, uh, Man of Bats. Oh, yes, Man of Bats. Uh, another dusty street here. <laughs> <laughs> another, we need to do a whole dusty street here. We Have we done Western? We've done Western. We did a time period. We did a Western time period show. We don't need to revisit that old chestnut again. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of great, great heroes out there that just function at night. Um, you know, we haven't talked a lot about Punisher. Punisher is yeah. definitely a night based. Well, in fact, Punisher will become very much a central figure of one of the upcoming issues. <laughs> oh yeah. Punisher, comedian, 
vigilante. There, there's a lot <laughs> gonna, that we have to, to say in that particular uh, issue. <laughs> but there is one that I wanted to talk about that started as a that started as a night based hero that graduated to the day, <laughs> which is funny because he didn't change his name. One thing you got to realize about a lot of these heroes who who you know own the night, they they work that into their names. So, you know, Batman kind of uh, invokes the night. Moon Knight 100% does. Oh, yeah. Um, this one is uh, Night Thrasher. Oh, damn it. I forgot about it. I was looking at Night Thrasher earlier today. <laughs> night Thrasher. Oh, dear Lord. The skateboarding son of a gun uh, that led the new warriors for uh, – I think John wasn't John Byrne involved in that. I feel like it feels like a John Byrne title. Wow. I need to look it up and see if it is or not. Um, I'm looking it up. <laughs> I'm looking it up because it feels John Bernie. It does. It feels like a John. Well, Bernie. I want to say it wasn't Byrne. It was oh, Defalco was and and uh, Defalco created the New Warriors, but I. I just I I don't think that he was the writer for a long time. Um, who who actually wrote it though? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Oh, Fabian Nicieza, or or, uh, or uh, I can't I can never pronounce his name right. But it was he did it. It was him. It was old Fabian over there knocking it out of the park. Uh not surprising. Not surprising. Um, all right. Well, why don't you give? Do you have any final thoughts? Any big ones to to put down on us here? I've got one final. All right. Street character. Okay. But he he walks a, a bleak and desolate post-apocalyptic hellscape. Oh no! Of streets. Oh no! Deathlock. Oh. All right. All right. I see Deathlock as the street level hero of the future. Okay. A bleak and terrible future, mind you, but I'm yeah. Yeah. I'm into that. I really enjoyed I like I I, I think Eddie was on when I was talking about it when I picked up that Deathlock collected of his like of the of the initial Deathlocks. You know, Deathlock of the New Hampshire Deathlocks. Um, the Rich Buckler, uh, Deathlock, um, and it's <laughs> so much fun. It's so much fun, and yeah, he is a knight-based vil, or uh, I guess uh, anti-hero after a fashion, but still, like he's out there in the night messing stuff up. So I'm yes, 100% accurate, uh, perfect. Do I have any left on my list that I need to talk about? I'm, 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 I'm sure we'll talk about Rorschach more um, at a later date because we can't not. So I oh, absolutely. I think he he was kind of the poster child for the night anyway because he works exclusively at night. <laughs> yes, and in blood. Weird. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, the only other person, you know, we – I, I don't think we need to delve too deep because we've done it many, many times on this show is Daredevil and his sort of bat family, his cadre, which would, you know, like your Electras and your um, and your Echoes and your Sticks and those guys, you know, but, but predominantly they're fighting Ninja. And we, if there's one thing we know about Ninja, they don't come out during the day. That's true. Yeah. Well, I think that's it, man. I think that... Uh, I think we owned the night. I think we did. I think uh, the papers have all been signed, and we're now the official owners of the night. We are. It's an escrow. That's right. Knights in escrow. Knights in white escrow. Um, <laughs> that is the... <laughs> who sang that? Because it's the first time on this show ever that there's been a I reference think, to that band. I think so. That uh, has to be a new one. It does. And that's with you. <laughs> I mean, you've stepped up your game a lot recently. I, I'm, I honestly, I don't know what I'm channeling there, but uh, I think uh, what happened was I was bitten by a radioactive Napster. 
damn it. And we, we were so close. <laughs> Spotify, Pandora, any of those. <laughs> but Napster, we were so close, man. We almost were there. We'll keep working on I it. I live in the past. <laughs> We have fun. We have fun. All right. All right. Well, why don't you plug us up? What's next week? Next week, if I've got my bearings right, is Two-Fisted. Yes. Yes. And this is when we talk about the ones who go out and fight crime on the street with their mitts, as uh, Marv would say. Uh, uh, Richard Dragon. Ah, yes. I'm going to talk about Richard Dragon for an hour. <laughs> Even though no one knows, I don't know if I can do research on Richard Dragon. Uh, all right, all right. Well, plug us up and we'll get out of here. How about that? All right, we yeah we need to get out of here so we can do this again next week. Uh, we're going to be back on schedule, and we're kind of doubling up our own efforts so that in my absence in a few weeks there'll still be a show that was pre-recorded. So uh, <laughs> this is, of course the second chapter of Hit the Streets. We're going to have more next week here on the Jedi Cole Universe at JediCole.com. You can write to us at jcumail at yahoo.com and be sure and check me out on the first and third Sundays of every month, 1030 to 1130 a.m. on Dallas on That's uh 10.30 to 11.30 a.m. Central, I should point out, since there's a whole bunch of different ones of those. And uh, that's me and Eddie Medina for the Rancor Pit Live. And uh, preceded on the f- first Sundays of each month from 9.30 to 10.30 by Figments with Eddie and his wife, Colleen. And on the third Sundays of every month with my show, Isle of Toys. And uh, we switched this month, so uh, the third Sunday will actually be Figments. There you go. Great show, though. I mean, both both shows are fantastic. Rancor is great. I still catch them whenever I can up here in the Great White North, whenever the snow cover <laughs> parts long enough for me to connect to the satellite phone. Um, that, that's right. I was on the I, I was featured in the TV show The Terror on AMC. <laughs> uh, my ship yeah. is bound in the ice, and I'm wandering amongst the Yeti and the polar bear. Um, up here in the Great White North. Um, yeah, you can find us at HK Comics Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on the Facebook. Uh, please feel free to interact. We would love it. Um, and other than that, I think Cole and I need to go off to uh, to the JCU cave and and yes, indeed, and don our uh, tights. It's, get, it's getting time for some fourth meal. Oh, it is time for fourth meal. <laughs> you need some fourth meal. Oh, so those nacho fries. Batman wants Damn nacho you. fries. No, I want nacho fries. Nacho fries. Batman wants nacho fries. It's hard. It's hard to do nacho fries in the Christian Bale Batman voice. <laughs> that is ba- true. I want a Bahama breeze. <laughs> Some nacho fries. <laughs> Give me one of them grave cases. Uh, that's, uh, White Castle, uh, Mr. Batman. I said, give me a crab guys. <laughs> the Beastie Boys lied to me. White Castle fries come in three sizes now. I, I what, why, why, Martha? All right, I'm going to get off here. Cole, <laughs> Cole, I'll talk to you next week. Say goodnight to everybody. Goodnight, everybody. Oh, goodnight, everybody. Goodnight, everybody. Go get your food meal. Goodnight.